1: Too often, we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra.
2: Welcome, everyone, to Generation Regeneration. I'm Sandra Malhotra, your host. Thank you for joining me, whether it be live or on demand. We love and appreciate all of our listeners. And our goal with the show is to provide you all information and support for those who want to take ownership of their health and engage in a lifestyle that regenerates their body, mind, and spirit. And to that end, our guest today is Dr. Deborah Arko Novotny who has practiced holistic medicine since 1990 and started as a classical homeopath and then moved into the world of Asian medicine, including acupuncture. She is one of the few Ayurvedic acupuncturists in North America and practices in Denver, Colorado. Ayurvedic acupuncture is known to be one of the oldest forms of acupuncture and uses massage, gentle traction, and essential oils as part of the treatment. She has a unique set of skills and certifications, and will talk to us today about how she helps her patients regenerate their bodies, minds, and spirits. Welcome to the show, Dr. Deborah.
3: Thank you very much, Sandra. I'm happy to be here.
2: I'd like to start the show by asking you about your own healing journey. Frequently, holistic healers pursue alternative modalities because of their own health issues, which are not cured by the conventional medical approach and then go on a mission to share their knowledge with others. Can you tell us about your journey?
3: You bet. You know, Sandra, I was rather lucky. I had quite a holistic upbringing, yet I still had these severe migraines. Even with a really solid or good nutritional base, I had migraines that uh, were so upsetting that they interfered with my social life as a teenager and in my early 20s. In fact, Sandra, I wasn't even accepted into a few college programs back then because they worried I was too sick to be able uh, to get through all my classes and and the workload. So I had to choose a different education, and that led me into Chinese medicine and natural medicine. And all I can say about that is lucky for me, (laughs) you know. I'm happy to say Today, I'm totally free of migraines, and I've been free of them for over a decade now. And it's a matter of looking at the whole person when we do this kind of work. And it's not just about what we eat. It's the other factors that are in a person's life, too, that help that.
2: That's right. And we'll be getting into some of those other factors today because it's very interesting, the approach that you take with your clients. So can you also get into the breadth of your education and certifications? You do have a unique combination of skills, which allows you to help your patients in a very unique way.
3: Well, yes, it does. And, you know, it just kind of fell into place that way because that's just what happened. And I was gifted with a beautiful mother who always wanted to be a doctor, didn't have that opportunity. And so I guess you could say that healing work is in my blood, too. And I don't want to bore our listeners if I go through everything I've done holistically for nearly 35 years. So I'm going to try and give a brief overcap and, and cover everything I possibly can. But, you know, it, it's interesting how these journeys begin with our own health. I also, as a young person, didn't realize how powerful our health was, and I began studying with a yoga master. He was a swami, and I studied with him for seven years, everything from yoga to what was Ayurvedic acupuncture. I didn't even know it at the time. We were just doing what was so fun to me, but it when I was doing it, I knew I wanted to do something with health, but the only things available to me educational-wise were Western medicine science, so that's where I went, and I spent 12 years working in Western medicine. All that did for me was, yes, I got a great education, but I continued to get sicker. I developed things like digestive problems, immune weakness. So I, I could see the writing on the wall uh, so I went back to school and I found uh, something that resonated with me, and it was called homeopathy. And I got a doctorate degree before they were favored in that kind of a, a alternative medicine world um, out of England, and it was the hardest homeopathic program I've ever done to date. I also did get certification through a local school at that time here in Colorado called Consolidated Health Institute of Colorado. And you know, Sandra, many of us back then, we knew someone who'd been put in jail or charged with practicing medicine without a license. I was downright scared. This had me so afraid that I was going to end up hauled off in handcuffs, and what would my husband and family think of me? But I wanted to find something holistic to continue to do that would give me a license and status, and it had to resonate with my calling so I could continue to help people. And, of course, at the same time, stay out of trouble, and I found Chinese medicine as a starter. So that's where the Chinese medicine came in, and of of course, by this time, I was practicing homeopathy, and I had the wonderful opportunity to be sharing an office with a leading Chinese medicine doctor at the time. His name is Ron Rosen, and he's since passed. And long story short, Ron apprenticed me for a time, and then I attended the local school here in Colorado. And, you know, I just feel so blessed because my blessings continued beyond that. My first year in practice as an acupuncturist, I met Dr. Jeffrey Bland, and he's considered the father of functional medicine. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Isn't he amazing? Yes. Uh, He runs or, or started the Institute of Functional Medicine. Many of your listeners may have heard of that. Well, I got involved in that, of course, and I added that to my practice. And if if you know much about what the Institute's up to now, they're talking a lot about uh, health coaching uh, to help clients and patients with healthy lifestyles. There's this enormous need for health coaches. In fact, my health coaching practice has gone viral or virtual, if you will, and it's allowed me to coach clients all over the use of a phone. So I, for the last seven years, have added phone clients that I coach with. Of course, I can't do acupuncture with those people, but we do functional medicine and health coaching. And and there's, I want to add one other thing. Um, the Functional Medicine Institute talks highly about uh, integrating... Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is where I got my health coaching training, and they're an accredited health coaching school. And and it's a fabulous program for anybody wanting to get into this industry that is so much in need of great health coaches to help people.
2: Agreed. And your story is very interesting because your own health issues really laid out a path for you to pursue these more holistic approaches that first you were able to heal yourself and now you've accumulated all of these accreditations and now you're using it to help others. So let's talk about some conditions in in particular that you may treat the most. Uh, I know things like back pain, headaches, uh, those you associate with things like acupuncture. Do you do those? And in addition, what else do you tend to help people with?
3: Well, that's, those are great questions. Because I'm a published author, I would say that most of the problems I write about when I'm writing about acupuncture, it's how effective acupuncture is for both of the conditions you mentioned, headaches or migraines and, and back pain. Um, acupuncture works on... So many different things, and it doesn't have to be pain. It can be women's issues, pardon me, digestion, um, allergies. I see it work for so many things. And if we face it, pain's the thing that most people hear about acupuncture working with because that's what we, we have popularized for acupuncture. And, you know, it's rare for us to know someone who hasn't suffered either back pain or headaches. And acupuncture just happens to be an outstanding way to relieve these problems. The problem is so many people think it hurts. They'll come in saying to me or or another acupuncturist, I hate needles, but my pain is so bad that your needles can't hurt as bad as my pain, so I thought I'd give it a try. And I always kind of have to smile to myself, Sandra, because acupuncture technically doesn't hurt when it's done right. Correct. You know, it it really doesn't. If a person comes in when the problem begins, it's always easier to help them. And it's really about the technique that you're using. And for me, you know, like many of my clients, they may have had migraines for decades before they get treatment with acupuncture in a lot of holistic ways uh, that I incorporate. It still works. The key to success is doing a series of acupuncture visits. And that's what happened for me was I applied that key of success and be willing often to make some changes in your life and and these might be things you do at home or work. I always relate to the person with back pain uh, because I see this on a weekly basis. And I ask them, are you stretching? And they're like, stretching? What's that? Or something similar. You mean I should stretch more? And yeah, if we just add stretching, uh, maybe before bed and in the morning, for instance, can help our back pain not return. Can I ask you, do we have a few minutes so that I can explain a little bit about pain and muscles?
2: That's a great topic. And we certainly will have time. But let us squeeze in a short break. And then we'll pick up on that point on the other side, if that's okay. okay. All right. And this indeed brings us to our first break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to Dr. Deborah arko Novotny about the holistic modality she uses to help patients on their journey to sustained health and wellness. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned to learn more about her holistic approach.
1: life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness a new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called holdtreatment.com as a practitioner you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile posting blogs advertising online and live events and accepting online appointments as a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more.
0: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag we are genr. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
2: And welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we're talking to Dr. Deb Arko Novotny about the holistic modalities she uses to help her patients. And right before the break, she just started talking about pain. So Dr. Deborah, please expand on that point.
3: Thank you Sandra, I'd love to. We were talking about pain and muscles and I wanted to talk a bit about an example with back pain. Most of us know someone who's had back pain or we've had it ourselves and often it involves something called a slip disc or a bulging disc um, and these can be healed without surgery. What's happened is the muscles are so tight and they're pushing the disc or bulging it out of place. That's when we experience things like sciatic pain, spasms, radiating pain, it can go down our legs and we feel like someone is using a hot poker on our backsides often. People come into my office, you know, and they'll be bent over and they may need help walking in and this is all part of back pain. If we gently relax the muscles, helping them not to put more pressure on this area, Patient can have relief but in addition if we do a few visits they reset these muscles Sandra and hopefully the pain goes away and as I said before break if we add a few simple life additions things like stretches they can keep their back healthy and I've seen this work for perforated discs too in some cases a caveat to remember is surgery is permanent try everything else first and that's what I recommend to people. I wanted to talk about that because so often we jump into things like surgery without trying other options.
2: Yes. And do you teach your clients the stretches to do as well?
3: Absolutely. We also create videos and, and do workshops so that they can access this material at any time and review it. It's important that it's at everyone's fingertips. It's, it's just part of the, of the stuff I like to supply. I call it stuff to uh, the people I work with or that I know. I think it's important. The extra support, definitely yes, important and helpful. That's I right. think support is important. It's called the ripple effect. It's by a lot of healers that are wanting to see people be healthier. We call it the ripple effect.
2: Wonderful. And now let's move on to something you practice, the Ayurvedic type of acupuncture, where you also use essential oils. Can you talk about that a bit and how you use essential oils in that modality as well? Sure. You
3: know, Ayurvedic acupuncture, or Vedic acupuncture is what I call it, uses the same, same kind of acupuncture pins that most acupuncturists used today, which are not the standard Chinese needles. Um, It's more in the Vedic technique that creates this painless style uh, compared to the stronger-handed methods that are practiced by those who use Chinese acupuncture or who were trained in China or most of Asia. My unique style of Vedic acupuncture incorporates percussive, deep, massage at the beginning, and I do that because that opens up the body's energy field, and then I apply essential oils um, to the body to um, because, see, our skin absorbs anything we place on it within 20 seconds. That includes sunscreen and cosmetics, so you want to make sure you're using clean products because they go right in your body, and if... Essential oils are made from things that will heal you, like back pain. We'd use mints, like peppermint and stuff. Those will go in and help to release muscles, so we'll use those. Do the acupuncture. And then after the acupuncture, and this is so important, we want to close the treatment. And I use a hot stone type of massage. So a little bit about Vedic acupuncture. There are these scrolls called the Kalari Sartras, and they talk about acupuncture, and they date it back to 8,500 BCE. BCE, pardon me. And that is the oldest reference I know of. There's a great book called The Lost Secrets of Ayurvedic Acupuncture, and it's written by Dr. Frank Rouse, R-O-S, and he goes into it more in depth. What we do differently is we incorporate the chakras with the meridians, so it's not very interesting. Meridian. Yes, That's yes. Interesting. And we're looking at the whole person. We're looking at that energy field. We're looking at the physical signs, how their facial expressions change, what they say. And it's not so much about tongue and pulse. We bring in the doshas or or the types of people, as you see, vata, pata, or pitta, and kapha in Ayurvedic medicine. And I've even heard it called by people at the Functional Medicine Institute, The original functional medicine or health coaching program. I think that's kind of cool, and they do that because we incorporate things like mental emotions, um, diet, lifestyle, environment. We know these things play a role, and that's true of all types of holistic healing, healing. Pardon me. And when we do that, we're increasing that immune system for one thing and that's why people stay so healthy and uh, don't catch every cold or virus that comes around
2: that sounds fascinating and i like how you take so many things into consideration when you're treating the patient including their dosha yeah that's that's fascinating
3: i love the doshas i like the word dosha <laughs>
2: That's great. Yeah. And I have yet to visit Dr. Deborah for this treatment, but I think after hearing more about it, I'm going to have to go ahead and make an appointment because it really sounds wonderful. I would love to have
3: you here, Sandra.
2: <laughs> okay, let's move on to a different subject now, nourishment. And you teach that everything we expose ourselves to influences how well our bodies are nourished by the food that we eat. And you hinted at this already. Uh, You feel that our thoughts, words, emotions, amount of physical exercise, career satisfaction, and even our spiritual beliefs, beliefs, which refer to how we view the world and our place in it, influences how well we're nourished by what we eat. And can you get into this a bit? Can you explain how these things influence how well we absorb nutrients from our food?
3: I'm just sitting here smiling because this is huge. You know, because we think food's all we need to do, and sometimes we don't even think that. And we all know a person who eats fast food. You know, every day you've seen that person, and they might drink too much, bad things like soda pop and such, Still, they're healthy as an ox, and we ask ourselves why. And other people will just say, "Wait, wait, something bad will happen to them; they'll get sick." But let me throw this into the picture to explain why our beliefs, our other things in our lives, our career, our relationships, play a part. Let's say this same person is happily married. He has this great job he absolutely loves and enjoys, has wonderful friends, and he drinks wine because he enjoys it with a cigar once a week, and he (laughs) never has a bad thing to say about anyone. This person, Sandra, is getting more than food to keep him nourished. He may eat poorly. But he lives life richly, and he lives it with love and with gratitude in his heart. It's the whole circle of life thing. Now, let me give you another example, okay? On the other hand, we know another person who eats only organic, stays away from caffeine and alcohol, no way, and they refuse anything that isn't home-cooked and so on, and this person talks about how much they dislike their job, they dwell on the past, all the bad things that always happen to them, and they don't care for their neighbor or their ex-spouse. In fact, they think everybody of the opposite sex are absolute idiots. (laughs) 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 You know? Is it much surprise to us when this person tells us they have a weak immune system or that they've developed cancer? I heard a great saying the other day that kind of sums this up, and um, I take it a step further, and it's about genetics. It says, they give us a possible life, and our food determines what our life is or what what the outcome is. My step with this, how I take this further, is I say genetics tell us what our life might look like, what we do with it. Our life, our total life, including food, tells us how it does look
2: like. Excellent point.
3: Yep, yep. Living a life where we live in the now, not worrying about past events. It's tough. Everybody has trouble with it. I have trouble with it. When I coach a client, though, this always pops up for them. And the first thing we have to do is start forgiving ourselves and this was the hardest lesson I personally had to learn and then being grateful for all the lessons and things we have. This is nourishing to our bodies in ways foods aren't. This is the spiritual side of this work and I believe it's very important. It's essential and when we additionally take in healthy foods, we're creating good nutritional habits. Plus, We find the best things in our lives, And, you know, the right things about our job, instead of focusing on the things we don't like, we focus on the things we do like. And we can go outside and watch a sunset, and we can watch it with somebody we like or maybe love. And when we smile more often, even at people or things that bother us, we're doing two things that help us to increase our well-being. And the first one is so simple. We're reducing stress. And this is believed to be the biggest cause of illness, according to many people, including functional medicine practitioners. And secondly, when we do these things, it allows us to digest the nutrients found in our food better because we're relaxed. And what we're doing is we're creating tiny habits that help us redesign our lives into one worth living. And and I don't know about you, Sandra, but I love living a life worth living. And there's just so much more to this. And I know we don't have time or I, I just go on and on about it.
2: <laughs> no, but you're making a very powerful point about how nourishment comes from all areas of our life, uh, how we nourish our emotions, how we nourish our spirit, and how all that influences our physical state, and how much we are able to nourish ourselves from the food that we eat it's It's really a very big point that you're making there, and one that I think many many people may just not appreciate may just think that well if I eat organic uh, that's that's good enough, and it it really isn't it's just a piece of the puzzle
3: absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, let's on that point, get ready for our next break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra. And we're talking to Dr. Deborah Arko-Novotny about the holistic modalities and approaches that she uses to help her patients on their journey to sustained health and wellness. Stay tuned to learn more about how to live a regenerative lifestyle.
1: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn more. A new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called wholetreatment.com. As a practitioner, you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile, posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com. Or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
2: And welcome back to Generation Regeneration. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra. And today we're talking to Dr. Deborah arko Novotny about the holistic modalities she uses to help her patients achieve sustained health. And before the break, she made a very powerful point about the importance of how we nourish our whole selves our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, and how that influences how well we're able to nourish our bodies with the food that we eat. So definitely going organic and local is a wonderful way to go. But don't forget about all the other aspects of yourself also in addition to that. Now, let's move on to a slightly different point, but very much related, and that is the topic of bioindividuality of nutrition. Now, Dr. Deborah, I know you're not a proponent of dieting. You're a proponent of gearing foods toward your particular individual patients because everyone is different. So can you explain now what you mean by that and how you go about helping people to find their best diet?
3: Sure, Sandra. You know we're all unique. What foods heal me may make you sick. What weather or season resonates with you may not work for me. We see these things often with people with allergies or sleep problems or seasonal emotional disorders. All of this is simply our bio-individuality. And as you said, I'm not a fan of one diet or one way of eating that fits all. I just don't know that that or anything like that works. On that same note, I don't think any bad diet is bad. It's just that the whole idea of dieting is bad. It's the idea of reducing calories to lose weight, for instance. There are easier, more healthy, more sustainable ways to do that. And I work with a lot of women and men who want to lose weight who've tried a dozen diets, they fail or they regain the weight once they start eating normally. And what I like to do is use some simple tools. These are tools that people will get a kick out of. It's things like crowding out foods that don't serve your highest good while enhancing or bringing in foods that are more healthy for you and give you energy, for instance. And, and they're foods you like. That's the difference between eating for health and dieting. And then, you know, you want to continue to do this even once you drop the weight. And we can use some discovery tools, and this is important, so that we're eating foods that are healthy for us. And if you have allergies or digestive problems, we're going to first do some eliminations to see which foods, when we add them back in, make us feel sick. Because, see, there's fixed allergies And variable allergies. Fixed allergies are the ones where you're allergic to peanuts. going to have that for life. Variable allergies are like my allergy with almonds. I discovered I can't have almond products, but I can have them about once a week. I can eat something with almonds in it with no problem. So I rotate that food in when I want to, and I take the foods that are healing to my body, and I rotate those foods with other new foods bringing in things like you said, seasonal foods and and foods that um, are grown locally. So that's kind of how I do it. I also am an advocate for home cooking, and we do lots of little workshops and webinars on how to cook a quick meal in 15 minutes, and, you know, that's important. Eat, Eat food you cook. Eat food you grow.
2: That's right. Then you know exactly what's in those foods as well. There are no mystery ingredients. Right. No mystery meat. (laughs) That's right. Now, another thing that you think is important is adequate intake of water. Can you elaborate as to how water helps us,
3: particularly
2: with things like inflammation and weight loss?
3: Oh, I love water. I'm sitting here with my one liter water bottle. And this is something most people can't say. And honestly, Sandra, I couldn't say it growing up. You know, I just hated the taste of tap water where I lived. It was awful to me. One of the first places I start with clients is talking about the difference between food and water. Many people think water is in pop and caffeine or coffee-type drinks and food and that that water counts. It doesn't. I think our digestion is something much like an airport, and it needs to filter people and baggage at the airport, and our digestion filters water and foods. When we put something into our mouth, our saliva sends out enzymes to help us digest it, and our digestion system has to make a choice, and it says, is this a food or is this water? Just like the airport, says, is this a person or a bag? Water is the person here, and water gets a seat on the plane. Water helps us have healthy, moving blood, working kidneys, cells that stay young and free of disease, and it means our skin is healthier and looks healthier, and it gives us more energy, and as you said, it's necessary for reduction of inflammation. Think of water this way. We wash the outside of our bodies, with water in the shower, so why wouldn't we wash the inside of our body with water? And again, ask yourself, would you wash the inside of your body with a soda pop or the outside of your body? Well, when we drink pop, for instance, we're doing nothing but putting that in. Our body needs water to clean out stuff out of the cells um, that are contaminants. We have stuff that needs to be washed away. And by the way, our body sees the water in these drinks as food, not as water. So it becomes very difficult. But many people go through life wanting to wash the inside of their body with soda pop or other types of drinks or liquids. And all I can say is water is the first place to start. If you don't like tap water, experiment. Try bottled water. Try different types of bottled water. And that's how I see water.
2: Or you could add lemon or lime or a squeeze of orange, anything to make it a little more tasty. But that's a very good point. I think that's something that may not be appreciated by a lot of people is that the water in all these various other things, if it's not just pure water, your body doesn't see it that way. Absolutely. Absolutely it's very important to get that eight or so or more glasses per day to give your body that opportunity to cleanse itself.
3: Right, right. Well, and inflammation, which you you mentioned, is known by much of the research we're doing today to be at the root of many diseases. In fact, it plays a role in things like cancer, Alzheimer's, and heart diseases.
2: That's right. Yes, please keep going with your discussion about inflammation because we have touched on that subject in other shows, and it's a really important one because, like you say, it is at the root of many diseases.
3: Well, it's kind of like running our car. Our car needs five quarts of oil to run effectively for everything to have enough lubrication. If we ran our car on three or four quarts of oil, it wouldn't last long. Yet we try to do that with our body, and that's the problem. And if enough people want me to do a webinar workshop on this topic, they can email me. I'll give my email at the end of this recording, and um, they can listen to that as my guests with my clients. And gosh... The whole topic of inflammation is huge. We've been talking about it in a roundabout way. First and foremost, stress causes inflammation. And when we couple this with a poor diet, not enough water, wow, we have a recipe for inflammation in the body. Foods that are getting a lot of notice and these aren't new foods that cause inflammation, are things like corn syrup, and this is the sugar that's found in soda pop, mixed boxed products, preparation food, um, and they all create inflammation. Some people have problems, for instance, with gluten, and that can cause inflammation. Others have problems with rice, and in those people, rice will cause the inflammation. And this is why we look at the uniqueness of each person. We're back to bioindividuality. And I have to say I haven't found a single study to date that says any group of people did best on fast food. And right. this even includes healthy food menus at those fast food restaurants.
2: Not surprising.
3: No, it's not, and that's why I'm a strong advocate for simple home cooking and the art of using food to bring families together. We're getting back into that holistic, whole-family lifestyle. And, you know, there's a saying, let food be your medicine. It's an ancient saying, and this is when you can do that. On the idea of reducing inflammation, I would tell the listeners, first and foremost, start with water, any water, most people don't drink it, as I said, because they don't like the taste of it. Secondly, be sure to do some things like deep breathing, um, prayer or meditation, whatever works for you to help lower your stress. And staying on water just for a second, my preferred choice is reverse osmosis because it has no chemical taste. Like you said, you can add a squeeze of lemon or I like to use uh, oranges that I slice and put some of that in it and with or with um, reverse osmosis water, it's not got the bitter taste that spring water has in it, but it's acidic, so you have to mellow that out a bit with alkaline foods and those are green vegetables, apples, and if you're eating healthy foods anyway, you're eating alkaline foods. And those help to promote and lower inflammation. So if you're doing these things, you're already helping your body fight inflammation. And inflammation is the cause of of most or all diseases, we believe.
2: Interesting. And you gave so many good points during this show as to how to deal with that and just pursue good health in general. Uh, Water, plenty of water, local organic food that's really tailored for your constitution, things that don't lead to allergies and so forth, and then paying attention to how you nourish your emotions and your spirit. So that whole picture there gives a very nice holistic recommendation as to how to pursue your health every day.
3: Really, Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And on that note, we are actually ready for our final break. This is your host for Generation Regeneration, Sandra Malhotra, and we're talking to Dr. Deborah Arko-Novotny about the modalities she uses to help patients on their journey to sustained health and wellness. We will wrap up this discussion on the other side and provide some recommendations as to how you can get started. Thank you.
1: life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness a new health and wellness community is coming in 2015 called WholeTreatment.com. as a practitioner you can increase your visibility by creating a detailed profile Posting blogs, advertising online and live events, and accepting online appointments. As a client, you can learn about holistic healing modalities, research practitioners to find the best one for you, and conveniently book online appointments, all for free. We aspire to change the way healthcare is practiced, and together, we can do it. Visit whole-treatment.com to find out more. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified. And we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non project.org forward slash learn more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag genr. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration.
2: And welcome back. I am your host, Sandra Malhotra, and today we are talking to Dr. Deborah Arko Novotny about several health and wellness topics. We covered thus far the types of holistic modalities that Dr. Deborah uses, such as Ayurvedic acupuncture, how best to nourish our minds, bodies, and spirits, and how important nourishing all aspects of ourselves are to absorb the nutrients that we eat, the role of inflammation in causing chronic disease. And for someone just starting their health and wellness journey, all this information may be a bit overwhelming. So to that end, I'd like to draw your attention to a great blog and video that Dr. Deborah posted on her website, which is denveracupuncturehealth.com, which is called Wellness Start With One Tiny Habit. And the video that she posted includes a TEDx Fremont talk by BJ Fogg, an expert in behavior change. He argued that willpower and motivation can be taken out of the equation of behavior change if you just start with one small habit every day and build upon it faithfully. So, Dr. Deborah, This is a really great way to wrap up the show because you gave a lot of information and this video can actually help to inspire people to add just one small habit every day to improve their health. So can you elaborate on this point?
3: Absolutely. You know, Sandra, I love coaching. It's where I, as a health practitioner, make the biggest difference in a person's life. I can help them with acupuncture, but when I mentor a person, I'm helping them to invest in themselves. And we start with these tiny, tiny habits. Fogg is brilliant. He talks about flossing one tooth to start one tiny habit. Then you celebrate. So there's this system. You floss one tooth, and then you celebrate and tell yourself something like, you're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he gives this example. You probably saw it where he was talking about he wanted to do push-ups. So every time he'd urinate, after he'd urinate, he'd get down on the floor and do two more push-ups. And he'd say, bingo! Now, I don't know that I'd get down on some bathroom floor. (laughs) But but the idea is the two-step process, the tiny habit and celebration. This is the kind of stuff we do when we're doing coaching. We know that tiny habits lead to us keeping the big habit. In this case, it's flossing and flossing all the teeth. And I want to invite people, if they haven't seen the video, to go to the Knowledge Bank, which is what we call our blog area, on our website and do a search in the search bar at the bottom on the right, Tiny Habit, and they can watch this video. It's not very long, about 17 minutes, and it's well worth it. And this whole thing about Tiny Habits, Sandra, it's about learning to practice changing your behaviors. Most people often do best with a mentor or coach and when we do this, it isn't about us motivating you. It's about us helping you to focus on the results and how great you feel when you do. For me, there's a bunch there's of joy when I get to watch clients get excited and really succeed. Essentially, we're taking these tiny steps and, and we're creating these Habits. Like Fogg says, the outcome of our behavior is a habit we can keep for a lifetime.
2: Nicely put. And the important point is that if you are beginning your own health and wellness journey, don't look at it as one big mountain that you need to summit all at once. It really can be broken down into much smaller steps, smaller, tiny habits. And really, even working with a health coach, like you said at the top of the show, can be very, very helpful in terms of providing guidance and support and a lot of helpful tips to just keep you going along the right path.
3: Absolutely. It's drinking more water to start. Maybe that's only one glass a day. There you
2: go. That's one tiny habit. That's one thing you can do to get started. I
3: got the glass of water down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yay, I'm awesome. Yes,
3: that's right. Okay. As uh, the big bang theory says. That's right.
2: That's right. Okay, now, as we wrap up the show, do you have any final recommendations for our listeners?
3: Well, yes, I do. Don't give up. You're never too old and you're never too sick to do something about your health. I've had people who are teenagers and I've had people in their 80s. I have people who come in or call me up and we work together who are very sick and others who are very healthy. The same thing motivates each of them. They wanna take control of their health, they wanna live longer, and they wanna live in the most healthy way possible. And if you can't do it alone, invest time with an expert. Work with a health coach. You know, insurance covers me most of the time for coaching, and it's an inexpensive way to invest in your health either way. And in the end, Sandra, your health is your biggest asset. Absolutely. And and we don't invest in it. Much of the time, we don't do that until it's all gone or it's giving us trouble. And, you know, I work with a lot of small businesses who buy uh, insurance healthcare plans that have health coaching, and that's really more about making sure your medications don't interact and telling you to go on a diet like the DASH diet. They'll bring me in to do health coaching to fill in those gaps, to take the information we've talked about today, that whole person approach, because they know that makes healthier, happier employees. And who doesn't want to be a healthier, happier person? So don't give up on yourself. go after this, regardless of age, regardless of how healthy you are and I want to invite people to go ahead and email me personally. May I give my email? please go ahead Yeah, email me with any questions and and to have me send you a uh, email when we have our next webinar and you can do that to more info that's m o r e info at denver dot com. More info at denveracupuncturehealth.com. dot com. I'd love to hear from people and answer questions and see if I can help them. I'm I'm pretty low key, and I'll listen and we'll we'll point you in the right directions and see what can help you.
2: Wonderful. Thank you very much for all of this information today. And we're just about to close out the show, but I would like to give one final note, and that is about the release of an exciting book this week by Vani Hari, also known as The Food Babe, and the book is called The Food Babe Way, and in it, she gives many helpful pointers, tiny habits that you can add to your life to improve the way that you eat and the way that you live. If you're not aware, Vani is a food activist and the creator of foodbabe.com. You can sign up on her website for updates, or you can follow her on Facebook and Twitter. She and her grassroots Food Babe Army, of which I am a proud member, put pressure on corporations to clean up the ingredients in their food, steering them toward more healthful choices. Her latest initiative, for example, is to put pressure on Kellogg's and General Mills to remove harmful preservatives like BHT from their cereals, which, by the way, they have removed from their European products already. So this is possible. Her book, The Food Babe Way, is a must-read for anyone who wants to become educated about the ingredients in our food that should be avoided, which she calls the Sickening 15. She then goes through 21 small but wonderful changes that you can make to improve your diet over a three-week period. And she makes the point that the weight loss, improved energy, and health that these changes will lead to are well worth it. Just like everything that Dr. Deborah mentioned today, we can all do this. It's within our reach. And that's all the time that we have. Thank you again, Dr. Deb, for joining us and educating our listeners about how to live a more healthy, disease free lifestyle. You provided a wealth of helpful information. Thank you again.
3: Well, thank you, Sandra. It's been a pleasure to be here. And, um, you know, health is only one step away and that step is to make the decision to go after it.
2: That's right. Thank you. And we'd like to help to support our listeners with that decision. And on that note, we have to exit. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Namaste.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com.